If you haven't been with us, we are going through the fruit of the Spirit. If you have been with us, you've heard me say that a lot of times. Uh, July is a fifth five-Sunday month, so you have this one and four more. And then we're going to move into James. So I'm jumping the gun here on James 5. Just forget about it after this sermon so we can come fresh at it again. And we've been talking about how the fruit of the Spirit are not just character qualities. They're not totally a to-do list or maybe an anti-Lent list. We stop doing stuff in Lent and you start doing stuff now. They're not really manners training for Christians. However, I will point out that these are important skills and character qualities to have. Saying that they're not that totally doesn't mean they're not that at all. We're going to be talking about patience today, and it is an incredibly important skill to not keep escalating a conflict unless it's necessary. Now, that's where it gets wisdom comes involved. But in, in, in your workplace or in school or in a relationship, if you keep on going ballistic, that doesn't go well. People um, treat you differently, talk about you behind your back, don't come to you as a trustworthy person. So it may be good to learn when you do have an argument, you may need to take a time out, come back to it the next day, or, or, or research it more, develop some of these skills. But this, when we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, it's very key. These come out of us because the Spirit is in us. That's what's so different about it. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit is a person. You know, one of the members of the Trinity, that word Spirit comes from pneuma, wind, breath. And so the Holy Spirit breathes life into things. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit breathed life and created the world by words, breath. Breathe life into Adam. Breathe life into us in redemption. The Holy Spirit gives us life, resuscitates us when we're dead in our sins, makes us new. Otherwise, nothing would be new. We are in a state of decay. I had this high school teacher, and his name was Mr. Mann. He taught social studies. We didn't learn a lot in social studies class in Ozark High School. I survived. Um, And one of the funny things he would do is, besides every once in a while we'd get him going, and he would play the stapler. That was his musical instrument of choice. But remember back in the day, kids, I don't think they have this anymore, uh, they're the intercom system, and that was the only way you got buzz. And then, like, when they said, Doug, serve and come to the office. That wasn't good. And that happened a lot of times. Um, so he would take things occasionally and he would stick them up there. Things that would decay, like an orange. I don't think he ever did a, a pint of milk, but different food objects. You know, remember, I'm one of the oldest people here I know, but uh, it used to be the greatest day of the week or month was when they served the pizza, those square pizzas. 
That was amazing. Could you imagine if that was true now? I don't think that would fly. But he would take one of those, put it up there. And so occasionally, maybe once a semester, we'd say, Mr. Mann, let's see what what we got. And he pulls it down, and it's disgusting. Again, this would not be allowed, right? The mold, it would be gone. It would be in this various stages of decomposing. We could watch it happen almost. That's what happens with us without the Spirit. Not just physically, spiritually, metaphysically in some ways. Death comes in all these forms. Indifference, suffering, conflict, disease, cruelty, abuse. But we have a rescuer. A rescuer God. And we are called to wait for Him with patience. Again, growing up in the 70s and 80s, we didn't have veggie tales. I don't know what is cool and new now, right? But in this Christian home, uh, we had a lot of the you know hippie stuff. My dad also liked classical music. And then they started getting into Amy Grant, Sandy Patty, uh, Russ Taft, the Imperials. And uh, one of them, this record we had, was Agape Land. Agape Land was a place you went. And this whole record was about the music machine. And they would put in things, and they would spit out songs and, and teaching uh, us about the fruit of the Spirit. And one of the best ones was the song on patience. And it was a turtle, and he would sing... Have patience, have patience, don't be in such a hurry. Have patience. Oh, oh. When you are impatient, you only start to worry. Remember, remember that God is patient too. And think of all the times when others have to wait on you. Now, as much as I'm happy to trash the music machine at Land, I remember it. How crazy is that? Music is formative. I'll, I'll find a link to it. Music is formative. And also, we know Guns N' Roses has probably the most patient song ever. Patience. Woman, take it slow. It'll, be, uh, it'll work out fine. All we need is just a little... You would think time would go there, wouldn't you? No. All we need is a little patience. Rhyming, Janet Jackson, she's got let's wait a while. Let's take it slow before it's too late. Before we go too far, you can't rush love. We just throw out rhyming altogether. Janet, Axel. What makes you impatient? In Oklahoma City, I lived a mile and a half from church. Three stoplights to negotiate. One of them was a right-hand turn. The last one was a left-hand turn, but I was in the main. It was, you know, green. It was fine. But the one, there's, it's going the main way. I was going the main way, and there was no one ever going the other way. And you think about 7.15 during COVID, no one is out. And every time almost, I'd come up to it and sit no no cars, no people. And I'm at a red light. And I started calculating myself, how long am I willing to wait at a red stoplight 
with no one around. Turns out, not very long. I had this happen to me, well, it, here at, in uh, the Inner Harbor this happened. Now, I wasn't exactly the same situation. It wasn't 7.15, there wasn't nobody around, but there was no at the stoplight, and I went, and I realized now there are cameras. I found that out. So there are these things. Of course, driving is a key one. I, when I moved here, I was like, I am not going to be upset about driving anymore. Still working on that. Some of the times when we don't do the, the, the fruit of the Spirit, we, we have to repent. It's not a perfect thing that we just flip over. My, my daughter Anna would, would say, Dad, be patient. I said, I'm being patient. No, you're not even acting patient. Let's start with acting patient first. Pastor's kids, you've got to watch out for them. And it's really crazy when you're working on a sermon about patience. And so we become impatient at restaurants with service, traffic lights, with Amazon. We often call these, uh, our, our flip is we're trying to be productive and efficient. And I would like a more efficient traffic light system. That's true. I would like that. Or, or I'm not really impatient. I'm being assertive to the waitress, the, the manager. I like to get work done. I want to get to places and be on time. And actually, I'm being honest with you that your policy doesn't work. Don't you want help? Well, James talks about how our impatience actually gets judged. See how he says, be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. So God judges our impatience. And the reason he does that, it's not a secret what God judges. So he tells us. And God has been patient with us, even in our impatience. And his goal is to restore us in love. Because God judges what's broken in this life. He, he judges what inhibits his creation his desires, his judgment isn't only punitive and re retribution giving, but it preserves and promotes. In other words, our, our impatience isn't really only about what inconveniences us. When you start looking at what you get set off about, if you're willing to do so, it reveals your values, your desires, your loves, what you want to do with your time. In other words, it reveals about you. What I want. How I think things should go. And you bump up against problems that aren't what you want. And basically you think, I deserve better than this. 
I deserve better service, food. I deserve better children, clothes, parents, teachers, drivers, respect. I have suffered long enough at this stoplight. I demand better. However, patience is connected to, they're, they're in the same word group concept of long-suffering. So in other words, patience takes suffering. You don't have patience without suffering. There has to be something bumping against you. Those things that set you off have to come to you. And so what's su- long-suffering means more suffering, going farther into suffering. Patient long-sufferingness. Instead, we see this conflict inside of us. I got all these 70s, 80s stories today. I don't know why. But it used to be, we, we, we all had fits. They're not more fits in the world. Little kid, two-year-old, three-year-old fits. Just now they get recorded. You know, there's no way my parents took a lot of pictures about me throwing a fit. When the slideshow carousel came around, we didn't see that one. But now it's like, boom, video. I'm going to show at least my immediate family. I'm going to show your grandparents. I may put it on Facebook. Who knows? I saw one just this week about uh, this two-year-old, and the two-year-old's having a complete fit at the table, and the two-year-old's saying, I don't want cookies. And the dad says, what do you want? I want beef broth. And so the dad obviously has been hearing this for a while, so he gets out his phone and filming it. And so then he's like, he's not helping the fit go away. He wants more of this, right? So he says, he says to, to the kid, what don't you want? Cookies! What do you want? Beef broth! There's a can of always save beef broth unopened right there. <laughs> they were not filming that in 1982. It's like, quack! Now we, if you're an adult, have learned that doesn't go over so hot. Maybe at the golf course, you can throw a temper tantrum like that, throw it out. Cussing, yelling, complaining, shaming, griping, or, or we know that you can't do that, so we just do it inside. Seething. Bitter, angry, cynical. God is not listening to me. God doesn't know what He's doing. He's not coming fast enough to save this, to save me. He is not coming fast enough again like He said He would. So I need to take matters under my own hands, right? I need to get married to the next person who asks me. I'm going to have to do this grades or this job or this promotion or my health. I need to find a better church. The support desk should be back better. And you factor all that in. And what do we do? When we come into these situations, you know, we fire the coach football team's not performing, or the life coach. 
And so we think maybe I should fire God. And so that impatience strings down into some point rebellion. God says his ways are not our ways, and we think, yeah, your ways stink. I need to be more symbiotic relationship than this. God, I can help you. It comes out in many ways. James says it comes out in impatience. He says that all things work out for the good. And he talks in James 5 about the farmer who's doing all of this work, setting it all out, planting the seeds, watering, trimming, getting rid of the bugs. He works and waits and worries and trusts. And we are called to wait for the Lord who is compassionate and merciful. See that at the very end? How the Lord is compassionate and merciful. When I moved to Oklahoma City, I joined the CrossFit gym. Have I talked about this yet? I mean, there's two things. You know, you've got to talk about CrossFit as much as possible. The other is a cult. So you're talking about a cult. I go in the first day, coach is Eric. He owns a place. I say, Eric, you know, I'm trying to get ready for my anniversary, my 20th anniversary. We're going to go uh, to the beach, and I don't want to look exactly like this. Can you help me? He's like, yes. This is February 1st. I walk in. We totally can help. That's what we do. When's your anniversary? March 5th. Hmm. Well, the answer is still yes, I can help you. Just may not get the result quite as fast as you want he didn't mention it. it could take five years, right? It's like going into the yoga studio and saying, I want to touch my toes by the end of class. Well, it took you 45 years to get to where you couldn't touch your toes. It's not going to be done in one night. So we have these hacks. I don't want to write this paper, so I'm going to plagiarize it. I don't want to learn how to play this instrument, so I'm going to give up. I'm trying to figure out the shortcut to a good marriage. Uh, there's these sort of get-rich-quick stuff in life versus the long haul. Spiritually, physically, racial reconciliation, neighborhood building, because the long haul is so frustrating, and waiting on God and His timing is, is hard. Now, I want to pause here and say, this takes wisdom, I've told you that, because there is often true that people in power that don't want things to change will ask the people that want change to be patient. They will often say, trust the process. So patience takes wisdom I've heard many people tell me that slavery, the Civil War, shouldn't have happened because slavery would have just slowly worked its way out. Civil rights activists didn't need it because we were getting better. We just needed to take more time. Abusers used this tactic. 
So we're not talking about not acting. There certainly are times to go and lead and speak and act. Why it takes wisdom. What we're talking about here is now steadfastness, endurance, patience, long-suffering, and that includes some, some thankfulness and gratefulness, knowing God's promises, trusting Him that He will see and correct and avenge. And until that happens, we do not act unjustly. We fight for good in a good way. And James really reminds us that with, with Job at the very end here. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Remember Job, who had everything taken away, and his wife even said, curse God and die. And Job cries out to the Lord, what are you doing? Who are you? Why are you doing this? A lot of words get spilt with that conversation. So he's not silent in this. He speaks up, talks to God, works it out. And the prophets cry out in, in injustice. They're not silent, and they're talking mostly to God's people. Stop doing what is wrong. Start doing what God has commanded you. So be patient does not mean stop acting, stop working, stop ho hoping. Be patient doesn't mean I'm not going to do anything. Like you're the, the help desk and somebody comes to you and, and, and has this problem, you say, just be patient, and you go away and never come back. And just hope they go away. Patient might be something that we have to learn. Skill. That comes out of the Spirit. Things I'm trying to do is put myself in all these new situations where I, I'm really bad at it. When you find out you're bad at something, do you keep doing it? <laughs> Sometimes we, you know, we tell our kids they've got to keep doing it. That's how you become not bad at it. So I, I bought a little uh, plastic tuba. I used to play tuba in high school, and I pulled it out yesterday finally, and I, I spent a half hour, and I'm like, ooh. It's not like falling off a bicycle. It's more like falling off the bicycle and not getting back up. And I was like, I, was, I guess in my brain I was going to just be able to remember how to play from 1989 till now. So, and this was, it came to mind. I was like, oh, yeah, right. This is when you're learning a new skill. It takes a while. remembering that God is patient with us, our saving, restoring, rescuing God. Patient with us. In October 2020, there was a storm in Oklahoma City, and um, it rained. It was October, so the leaves hadn't fallen off, so the leaves were totally soaked, and then the temperature dropped, and so all of that turned to ice, and it was like a, a war zone. It's awful. I mean, these trees, but there weren't a lot of native trees in Oklahoma, so they'd all been planted at some point. And when we came to Christmas, I was used to always get a gift for the congregation, often a mug or a 
shirt or a hat or a hoodie or but I got tree saplings. And I, I t- it's like we are a part of replanting the city. And guess what? It's going to take a long time. <laughs> it's like a bond initiative. If, if you pass a bond initiative right now, it's not going to get built until 2050. But you're seeding to the future. Future generations are going that way. Past generations are now seeing the fruition of their work. God is merciful. Look at Second Peter 3, 8 and 9. You've heard this verse. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promises as some count slowness, but is patient towards you not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. i got to be honest, I counted it as slowness. You think about the prophets that had to wait till Jesus come the first time. You think about the silence between the last word in the Old Testament and the first word in the New Testament. 400 years of nothing. Now think about Jesus is coming back. patient. Just like he sent Jesus at just the right time in Galatians. Just as Jesus manifested, came down, arrived, and then he lived and he died and he rose for our sins, even our impatience. We await the coming of the Lord and cry out to Him, How long, O Lord? But Jesus didn't abandon us. He came. Jesus didn't ignore us. He listened and rescued. Jesus didn't slight us. We are not condemned if we are in Christ. So really, let's forget about Guns and Roses and Janet Jackson and even Agape Land, right? We've got our own stuff. Jason reminded us we have formative things. There are 22 times the word wait comes in the Psalms alone. We sing a song, in the depths of woe I cry to you, and I wait with you in patience for his comfort, for his, for his reward. There's a really great song by um, uh, uh, Laura Daigle, and she says, when you don't move the mountains, I'm needing you to move. When you don't part the waters, I wish I could walk through. When you don't give the answers as I cry out to you, trust in you. I'm not saying it's easy. In Revelation, John writes that in the midst of tribulation, there are some, and he's in the number, of those who patiently endure in Christ. Psalm 25 says, none who wait for the Lord will be put to shame. Psalm 41 says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to hear my cry. May he hear our cries today as we wait for him in patience. Cry out to him. Amen.